gentlemen, boys and girls, turners, welcome to the episode of Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This is my trip partner, Anthony. This is a judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So, Anthony, I'm not going to ask you how you do one. I'm going to ask you how you feel being a blue belt finally. Uh, we talked about it last episode, but... Uh, Did we? Feels, is it, it's still I mean, kind of cool. Had, Congratulations, I still. I haven't trained since uh, since I got the blue belt, other than rolling after class, but... Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I feel the same. Um, still feel like I don't, I'm really bad on the ground, but I guess that's kind of how it worked out in judo, too. Like, I never thought like I was a brown belt, then I never thought that, like I was a black belt. It's that imposter syndrome <laughs> coming back again. Imposter syndrome. <laughs> I gotta go back and listen to that last episode. So, um, yeah, I yeah. feel feels different, but I was, I, I told you a story already, but many, many months, like, I think it was almost last year ago, I ordered a, a new gi mm. uh, for trap. It was actually the travel gi I was going to use for judo. So I ordered it, but I was a short. I, I did a group order with a friend too, mm-hmm. but I was short like $3 for free shipping. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I've been like white belt for like four years. I might as well like buy a blue belt and mm-hmm. get that free shipping. So I bought that blue belt and obviously it's been sitting there for a year now. Mm-hmm. And since I got the blue belt last week, I'm like, oh, wow, I get to pull it out. And, but they gave me a, really nice blue belt I, when right. he first so, handed it to me i was like wow this is pretty it's have it, it's pretty well woven like it's thicker uh, and it's it feels so like wool the belt that you bought you were like three something you said right or it was, was like it? 12 12 dollars okay so when the like you $12. bought was 12 dollars. okay i thought it was like i thought you were doing like five or something whatever okay so when the you bought was 12 how much was yeah. this belt that you got from your academy? it was 20 Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars for a blue belt. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. So when I first got it, I'm like, wow, this is a really thick belt. Like mm-hmm. I did not expect that. So I went back home and looked it up. I'm like, twenty dollars. Now which belt do I wear? I don't even know. <laughs> but um, it is a little that does fit me better. The belt that I got, um, that bought that just opened was a uh, same size, but it's longer for some reason. So I think mm-hmm. I might have to like shrink it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's nice to have a, a spare and, uh, in the past I've had to buy different belts cause my weight, my weight fluctuates a lot. So mm-hmm. maybe this will work out, but <laughs> it's yeah. funny. It's funny you talk about getting your blue belt. This is a little side story now. Um, I had one of our students, one of our BJJ judo students, mostly they do judo on the side and stuff. And they're mm-hmm. talking about like, Oh, one day when I get my blue belt, I'm going to wear my BJJ blue belt. I'm like, what i thought that was the weirdest thing they told me is like yeah i'm gonna wear my bjj blue belt instead of like so you're not gonna wear the blue belt we give like i know it's just a plain blue belt i'm sorry it doesn't have any fancy blocks on it or having a dragon on the bottom or something there's a plain blue belt which is just weird like yeah i'm wearing my bjj one instead i'm just like oh okay i guess if philippe lets you <laughs> some people wear it at tournaments just so people like oh i better not like fight underground with them like kind of thing so, <laughs> intimidation yeah intimidation yeah, but so congratulations on that. It's a little funny thing. You told me about another funny story this week, also about you went to an open mat and how did yeah, that well, go it was for you? it was a, it was actually like before I got the blue belt. But uh-huh. um, I went I went to an open mat and um, it got me wondering because I've always heard this before. Uh, there's all these like etiquette that I mean I I don't know about BJJ etiquette other than some stuff you see in social media, mm-hmm. but I've kind of heard that you have to, on the mats when it's crowded you have to make way for higher rank belts like if i mm-hmm. if me and a blue belt was rolling 
and a black belt was rolling next to me. Supposedly, I heard like you're supposed to move aside for them. Doesn't matter how, how um, what do you call it? How much space? They invade your space. Up. Yeah, they encroach upon you. Yeah, and we see that in judo too, but we don't really. I haven't seen that happen. Right? Have you? Have you seen that? I haven't really seen that. I've never seen someone be like. I've sometimes I joke around that way. Sometimes people know that I'm playing around. I'm like, Hey, hey, black belts right here. Move over and stuff. I'll play around, but I won't be like, Hey guys, move out the way. We have some brown belts are going to train right here. So like, no, I, I've joked around like that, but I've never been really move away. Black belts are coming. I did, I did see like, if you train, look at the Japan, Japan national team training, they wouldn't mm-hmm. like, Oh, Shohei Ono is over there. Let's give him his space. Like we don't want to fall on top of him. <laughs> I don't want him you, to hit me. You don't want to piss him off and then the, him like go ham on you kind of thing. But I, I'm just assuming that's how it is. But I didn't know that was it in BJJ. Um, or at least I knew it was, but I didn't, I thought it was like something that they don't do anymore. Like it's kind of outdated. Mm-hmm. Like, how my the places I've been to don't do the belt whipping thing anymore, for example. Um, when <laughs> that's you always, that was, I swear, that's always just a weird thing to me. I saw BGJ do that because the only things, the only place I knew or style that did that stuff growing up that I knew about it was Kempo. Was Kaji Kempo and Kempo would do that. There are a few ones that did it. I went to a few uh, black belt promotions when I was younger for a friend of mine. And yeah, they were doing it. So the whole thing of BJJ bringing it in there, I don't know, I'm not going to be like they stole it or something, but that they did it as well always seemed weird to yeah. me. Cause that's so, not a judo thing. That's something that we don't do in judo. So it was really crowded um, there, right? Well, the, mm-hmm. the other thing is like, I, I've seen this happen is someone denied a role f- with me because they had to go with a black belt that asked mm-hmm. after me. Like, even though I was like, oh, you want to go? And he's like, yeah. And then a black belt asked him, say, hey, let's go next. And he basically gets a cut in line in front of me. But mm-hmm. that, that's across all, a lot of martial arts, I think, yeah. with the rank system. So um, I was okay with that, but uh, yeah, in this case, the the guy, the instructor was like, "Everyone go! Like everyone should be going, not sitting around doing mm-hmm. doing nothing." So I went, and it was me and another guy that's same size as me. And again, I'm six foot four, two hundred something pounds. This guy was like probably six foot four, three three hundred or something. Um, we we're rolling, and then I'm on the ground, and he's on top of me, and then I was gonna flip him over, but the the other group the black belt was like right next to me. So I wasn't going to flip him over on, on that side. Mm-hmm. And then the white belt was just holding on to life. So I couldn't even scoot back to where we were, <laughs> uh-huh. but we didn't move. We stayed in our spot. Like we just like started that spot and we stayed in that spot. Yeah. And the black belt was like rolling towards us. And then to the point where his foot was on my head. <laughs> and then he was like, Oh yeah, we're black belts. You gotta make room for it. You gotta move over. I'm like, I didn't move at all. Like, I don't know what we're talking about. We started in the same spot. So I don't know what the etiquette is regarding that. Like, do I just like not go next time because it was crowded in the first place anyway? And you mm-hmm. you know how crowded BJ, some, how small some BJJ clubs are, right? The, the yeah. mat size and you fit as many people as you can. And as a big guy, it kind of gets annoying sometimes where we're forced to go and then we just reset like every 10 seconds because we like have no room basically. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what kind of role is that where you just like, you do one thing and then you're about to sweep someone or turn someone over and then you have to stop and reset and go back to the certain, certain spot. So I don't know, like obviously this obvious solution is to have a larger mat space, but yeah, I, I don't know what the etiquette are, are. If you're, if you know what the etiquette is or if the etiquette at your gym is different, um, leave a comment. I guess, and, and <laughs> let us know YouTube. Well, yeah. I have seen places when it's like that, where it gets really crowded, even at our dojo. Cause our, our 
our dojo is like pretty decent size, but when we have a lot of people and get mm-hmm. really crowded where we used to do sometimes our very crowded days would be like, okay, all lightweights go now. Okay. If you're under this kilo, yeah. then you go now above this kilo, then you guys go. Yeah. But then after a while, when people are getting tired and lazy and stuff, then you just, after yeah. a while it just comes mixed up and you have to let some people sit out sometimes. You'd be like, all right, well, I have uh, 10 pairs up here right now. I can't fit anymore. Okay. You got to sit out. Yeah, so, I get the whole uh, thing of, I want everybody yeah, going, you're here to practice, get on the mat. I get yeah, that. My, my question was to peep to the people listening is basically what is the point of me taking up space on the mat basically for you guys, like I'm a big guy taking up space and I'm not getting my practice in. Cause I have to reset every 10, 20 seconds because mm-hmm. people rolling into us. And I mean, there were a few times I got kicked in the head. So like, is it better for me to just sit out? Like, I, I don't know what the answer is, but okay. That's, that's, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations on your blue belt. It's well-deserved. It'll be another five, six years till you get your purple belt. All right. And oh, more like time, 10. by the time you're right. <laughs> by the time you're right. 50, you'll get a black belt. I've always maybe. said that. I, I, I care more about, um, seeing my progress. So I, I don't care about the belts thing. So it's fine. <laughs> All right. So we had another interesting kind of viewer question. It wasn't something particular about like techniques where we talk or do stuff. It's talk about why do we post so much stuff about the Bay area or why do we post things about so, the open mat in the Bay, <laughs> the tournaments happening in the Bay, certain doge about the Bay. So to clarify first, one, <laughs> one has, so if you send us a DM on Instagram, only Juan sees it. I'm not going to see it. He, he relays the messages to me. So if you're going to send a message to our Instagram and asking me a message, you have to ask me a question. You have to like specifically <laughs> say, this is for Anthony or you DM me through my Instagram. But, um, and also I think the email, no, I have, we both have access to the email and the YouTube channel. So mm-hmm. There's that, but the Instagram is one. So yeah. <laughs> hey, like, like throwing me under the bus here. So if you have any problems with Instagram, it's all Juan's fault. <laughs> if, he, if he says something bad, it's not and he he's saying that I said it. It's most likely him. Just saying. No, 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 no. It was like, you told me to tell them to say to right there. <laughs> but yeah, I had a question about why we post so much stuff about the Bay Area, about like open mats and the tournaments happening there and some stuff. It's because one, I'm from the Bay. Okay, so I'm from San Francisco Bay Area, from San Jose, exactly. So I like to help people. I like to promote stuff from the area. Now, growing up in the Bay, you had you're trained to like San Jose State, San Jose Buddhist and stuff. And there's a few community center dojos there. So judo was like very strong at these very strong dojos, but it wasn't big how it is now. Like now in Santa Clara, I can I know if there used to be a there used to be a bowling alley in Santa Clara. Okay. Do you see a bowling alley, Moonlight Lanes? Now it's a pickleball. pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> no, they demolished it, which is it sucks. They demolished it and put like some condos there or something. But the place next to it, the Moonlight, the Moonlight coach, uh, uh, Court <laughs> <laughs> Plaza, uh, this building used to be um, used to be a movie theater. It used to be a Ace Hardware's. I think for a little while it was that. And I think last thing when I moved away from the Bay, it was a Staples or Office Max or something. Now it's an now it's a martial art uh, gym, and they have a judo club there, which is awesome. You know, it's a judo club right there. The place I grew up doing laundry at. Okay, there used to be a dental exam place. <laughs> That's a judo club now. That's that um, I got I can't remember his name now, but the old. Uh, 
Yeah, it's his dojo yeah. now. So that's the place where I go train. It's funny because you have the judo club and a and nice Japanese restaurant right next door to it. And they put like this nice little Japanese garden in between them. Looks very, looks very cool. Yeah. And then we got one of our fans out there, a friend of the channel. We got a 510 judo, you know, them always supporting them, helping them out. They're trying to promote judo with their beast judo and stuff. Yeah, I so, haven't. I haven't asked Jonah yet, but we, we, I talked about always uh, uh, the 510 judo run by mm -hmm. Jonah. Um, I've talked about inviting people who up to ask questions about people starting on the judo club and mm -hmm. 510 judo has been on Dave Roman's podcast, but I have, I want to bring him on and I haven't asked him yet. So this, this if is, he's listening so to if you're this. Listening, this is unofficial. <laughs> we're asking you to come to the show sometime. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah. I, he's one of the people that started his own judo club. And also I'm not since you're the one sharing it, not me, but I've been sharing it on my Instagram too, because he's running his own tournament and mm -hmm. that's not easy. So um, we talked about it. We discussed yeah. it ourselves doing a tournament, being a, you know, <laughs> what are we going to, what are we going to call it? God, whatever. To Tommy talk tournament or something <laughs> to Tommy talk championships tournament. But what he's doing is he's, he's having a tournament and I'm glad he's having a tournament because I'm hearing these stories because we have one of our, one of our judo students is going to uh, Sacramento state. Is it? Is it Sacramento? I can't remember. If you I'm trying to remember. He's going to call you Sacramento. You're talking about Will? No, no, not Will. Oh, okay. Talking about oh, he's Georgia boy. Georgia Boy Jr. Oh yeah, Sacramento State. Yep. yep. Yeah. He, tra so he trains with the San Jose Buddhist, right? If I remember. He, I think he went there a few times and stuff. Yeah. But Will goes to San Jose Buddhist. Now we're laying our laying all our students. Yeah, I'm, out I'm their mixing secrets. them up. I'm mixing them up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was telling me that he's going to school out there. He wants to do a tournament, but all the tournaments keep getting canceled or stuff happens. So five ten judo holding the Bayer Championships next month on uh, july 16th is great because they're going to do this they're not going to get it canceled they're really going to go all the way through which is something that the bay area needs are some tournaments mm -hmm. so i just want that's why i'm promoting it out there i growing up in the bay i saw how judo used to be out there i'm seeing how it's becoming and it's becoming like a hot bit of judo out there again kind of like how southern california is you know yeah. you have tons of tournaments out here i hope they get a lot of tournaments out there so that's why i promote their stuff so if yeah, you're in this if you're in I've the north bay or in the bay area the northern california during that time, next month on 16th, go and compete. Go and try this out because it needs to be successful. Mm -hmm. We need people to go to these tournaments so that we can have more tournaments. All right. So, I mean, speaking of someone who doesn't care about tournaments, um, <laughs> every time I go coach at a tournament, there's people from the Bay coming down, like mm -hmm. specifically 510 Judo and um, Fresno. Judo. Yeah. I, Fresno wouldn't count as a Bay, I guess, would it? That's, they're, Central, they're, Coast. That's Central Valley. Yeah, they're pretty far up north. But a lot of people from far up north come down, and I always wondered why. And I guess it's because of what you said, like they don't have enough tournaments. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do I did want to be like, hey, like there's tournaments up there too. You got we should make the trip up there. I'm not gonna make it, but if you're interested, you should <laughs> like people in our, our uh local area should make a trip up north and um I know there's a lot of people who are interested in getting points for promotions. Mm -hmm. So with all the cluster fuck that's been happening with uh, like Language COVID, man. COVID and then like the USJA, USJF Alliance, and all that agreement dissolving, all that kind of stuff. Like it, it, I think it just makes sense for people to just go to these tournaments more. And I think for the most part, they have the insurance thing sorted out, which is exactly what we said it was, which was just to get their own insurance. So like My, yeah. every other one, everyone else is doing it. I don't know why you can't do it. So it, it makes, it's just people had no, um, I guess in politics, it could be, it could be called political will to do it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. now that there's like a, a fire under them to do it, they, they actually did it. So it's possible. Um, 
Maybe we can ask Jonah about it too afterwards. Like, how, what, what was there any difference to like? I think he got USA Judo sanctioned, but I don't know what mm-hmm. what the details are to, to the yeah. tournament. But um, it is next month on the sixteenth, and you, if you're from California, you might be like, "That sounds familiar. That date sounds like something else." Yes, it is the same day as the California State Games in lovely, beautiful San Diego. So yes, yeah, so yeah. all of us in Southern California are going to San Diego for that. But if you're in the Northern California stuff, or you're in that area that want to go, go to that one in the Bay Area. It's going to be great. It's going to be in um. Oh, uh, what God, I, I had on tip of my tongue. I was just looking at it earlier today where it was being held at. It's being a uh, in Castro Valley. Yep. And just because I remember it, because it popped up my phone right now. Uh, there's also another big tournament be coming up in San Jose again. It's going to be the San Jose Open. And that's going to be on October 6th through the 8th. So that's another big Bay Area tournament I'll probably be promoting soon because I support the Bay. <laughs> I think people just thinking it's being post shared a lot because we recently have been starting sharing more of that kind of stuff i feel mm-hmm. like and that's the upcoming tournament but in the past we were sharing like ajax's um uh clinics clinic. up in like iowa and denver and stuff like that we, sh- we, we share different stuff too it's just we share it when we see it we share it and honestly i don't have much um interactions with like dojos in the east coast so i'm not gonna share stuff i don't see <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah. so it's either people i know people i i um i, I stuff i see on on instagram and i would just share it so and i think for the most part the newer generation has been pretty good about the social media kind of stuff but um i mean especially post covid i think again it lit a fire on them to be better about promoting tournaments but in the past mm-hmm. i'm like When's the tournament again? Oh, they changed the date again. Oh, they got, got canceled. Uh, okay, so when is it again? Like, when's the next tournament? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I just stopped tra- giving tracking, so or stopped caring because it's it's always been like that. But it's been different now, so I think it's actually worth sharing when one, they're actually making an effort in marketing it, and two, they're not changing the dates and canceling it like every other time. So, yeah. So. To make sure these tournaments are successful, we need people to go compete. We need people to go try. And if you never competed, you got to go try. You know, I understand people are scared about it, but just try. That's my thing. That's one thing that I would say when I coach people and I try, when I teach class, I'm always like, if some of the things I do might be too hard for you during my warm-ups and during certain drills, at least try. If you try it out and you can't do it, that's fine. I don't want people not doing it. So we need yeah. these tournaments to go through. So go. I, I mean, when my knee, when I hurt my knee, uh, back in 2018, was it 2018, 2017? Um, that was in San Jose Buddhist tournament. Yeah. And I'm like nervous about getting injured in a tournament. That's not local anymore because <laughs> man, that six hour drive back with a freaking busted knee was terrible. I'm going to tell you, yeah. <laughs> It was terrible. So I, I don't want to have to deal with that again. So that's that's just the way it's it's not a risk that I'm willing to take anymore. So mm-hmm. if I do if I do um if I do go, I probably wouldn't try as hard. Like I'd probably <laughs> probably like be more careful about getting injured than actually going hard for well like trying to win and stuff. So since we're talking about tournaments, if you want to in July, the Nikkei games are coming up and the Nikkei games is a team tournament again this year. So three yeah, on three. Yeah, team tournament is fun. I don't mind doing that. That was really fun. Yeah. Three versus three team tournament for the Nikkei games. I believe it's at the Pyramid again this year in Long Beach. So 
Should be fine. Yeah, I th- I think we could have got second that time if uh, we didn't have to send one of our guys to urgent care. So <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like we kill people, we get hurt all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How guy dare you lose that last match? We're gonna send that guy to urgent care. You know. <laughs> God, they're brutal. These guys are just some brutals over there. Oh my God, they're brutal. <laughs> all right, so that's that. That's why I talk about the Bay. I'm from there, so I try to support it all all the time. But all right, so let's talk about something different. So last episode, we talked about how the European Judo Union put out their test for um, for referees, and we talked about how Anthony was going to take it. So Anthony, how was it? Oh, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be because. Um... At first, when I looked at it, it was just like true, false, yes, no uh, questions. Uh, but it was it basically had two types of questions. One that was just like the, the questions part, like is this true or false, or um, what happens in the scenario kind of thing. The other part is you watch a video clip um, of the of the the events of of a, of a call, and then you have to say was this uh, Ipono Wazari. Was mm-hmm. this a score or no score? And is no score? Is it because he <laughs> they executed the technique outside of the mat area or a score? Uh, whatever. Or, no score. or a was score? it a score blue a score? or score white kind of thing? A score, yeah. Anthony. A score. A score, Anthony. A score. Yeah. A no score. My my, uh, I don't remember. I was pretty pissed off when I saw the results, so oh, I, I, I don't remember. Um, I I just hate hate. Uh, I'm I'm not. I just had a bad experience in school. Let's just put it that way with, with tests, like getting screwed over. So when I see these kind of questions, I kind of get pissed off, like, you know, the trick questions. Mm-hmm. So I would not take the question, a true or false section seriously, because uh, I'll explain in a sec, but the video part where do you see the examples and you have to make a choice, that part was really good. So I really encourage you to take that part seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we, last episode, we talked about how I took, uh, I, I went through the IJF, um, sem- seminar and there are some really hard to call, uh, examples. This, mm-hmm. it, this was perfect. Like I had a ton of those. I think I only got like one or two wrong out of all mm-hmm. the, out of all the examples. And they were really, really hard to call. Like, honestly, it was pretty hard mm-hmm. to call. Um, I only got one or two of those wrong. And then I got a few more wrong on the true or false section. And then. I don't, I personally don't think I was wrong, but mm-hmm. um, of course I'll use know. one example. The the one example I gave you that I remembered was uh, true or false. Uh, Kata Sankaku in Tashiwaza is Hansokumake, and I put false because it's not Hansokumake. It's Mate and Shido. It's only Hansokumake if you throw. Mm-hmm. If you actually try to throw someone in Katsusankaku in Tachiwaza, then it's okay. Hansokumake. So when if it I just says Soto to it, <laughs> yeah. So when it just says Katsusankaku in Tachiwaza is Hansokumake, true or false? So I got that wrong because it's like they're like, oh yeah, Katsusankaku is Hansokumake. It's like no, it's it's kind of like it, they ask the question wrong, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, luckily it doesn't count for anything, but. The questions there were mostly trick questions that I got wrong. So uh, where I could have argued that I was right, I guess. But um, maybe the guy who wrote it was French. I don't know. Like not that English wasn't their first language. But um, maybe it was Spanish. <laughs> yeah. So there, you just got to be mindful of, well, probably should have gave a spoiler, a spoiler alert, right? Because since I just gave away the answer. But um, well, do you think it's going to be the same test every time? 
Or you thinking about I don't know. different questions? I, I was too pissed off to take it again. I'm like, this is, is it stupid. Like, it's like the DMV where you have, four, you know, there's four different tests. So if you take at least five times, you're going to get the same one twice. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But that, that was my experience with it. Um, I still think the the IJF has, uh, man, what was it? They had an application where it, had, it showed all the the video clips that was way mm. better than this test i didn't like this mm. test at all even though okay. the questions were worth it i'm just like you had to enter your email into it and it'll yeah. send the response the answers and the correct answers to your email mm-hmm. i didn't like that part i like the igf one where i just went, went on a website and clicked it and then i got to see the answer okay so. hmm. well interesting well, it's something to look at, something to try, something to do, you know, see how good your skills are, see if you deserve a patch, you know, get that little pocket patch on you and stuff. So, yeah, I encourage people to try it out. I don't know if I'll try it out because I'm lazy. So I don't know if I'll sit. How long did it take you to do this anyways? It was like 15 minutes. Oh, 15 minutes? Oh, I actually might try it. That. Yeah. It's only 15 minutes. I thought it was like a one hour, two hour test thing. I was like, oh, I hate doing this. No, it, if you were fast, you could have gone through it faster. But like I said, I really struggled on the what one the wording was really weird like i said some of them i was just, i had to read it multiple times and mm-hmm. two like i said the videos were they were hard to call i had to rewatch it like a few times the clips and and from the they had they give you a front um two angles to look at mm-hmm. so i was watching different angles over and over again <laughs> back and so, forth back and forth yeah so it's not that it's not that long it's just i was really like watching it and they were hard to call so okay all right well like I said, very interesting experience. Something for you to look out to. If you want to compare yourself to see like what the refs are looking at, what they're looking for, and what they're getting tested on, try it out. You know, everyone, everyone's a what do they call it? An armchair quarterback should be like an armchair ref. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to say, yeah. I could have got that call. I could have saw that. I saw that mile away. It's they're screaming at the TV. It's this. It's Shido. It's Shido. You know, so test yourself out. Let's see how you do. Let us know. All right. Uh, the other thing we want to talk about, or uh, the next topic was. Uh, it was Suzuki opened up his own dojo, right? And he's teaching adults. I, I wouldn't call it his own dojo. I think it's just his own judo program. Like okay. I couldn't, I link, I'll put the link in the description if I remember, but um, mm-hmm. I was watch. I was watching, um, man, what was that judo comedian guy called? He was like the all Japan championship, but he also has like a comedy channel. Uh, I can't call, Kawabata. Um, mm. So I was watching his channel. And I use it to practice Japanese as I, as I've been telling people, I've been watching Japanese content, especially judo content to practice my Japanese. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, I don't use English subs. So what I'm explaining to you is like my, my rudimentary under learning of Japanese, but, um, he, he Suzuki had a, started a program, his judo program called KG, uh, judo Academy. He, mm-hmm. There's actually a website. So in the interview, he was saying like, oh, we want to like spread the joy of judo and how awesome judo is to adults too. Like adults should be able to, to train it too, blah, blah, blah. So he, he was like teaching judo and it looks like Kokushikan, I think. I think it's Kokushikan. I'm not sure. Um, which is the university he, he had uh, the training program for. So mm-hmm. um, it looks like it. And then... Um, yeah, it was just funny. Just watch the whole video. But basically, it's a beginner's judo program. They do it twice uh, a week. Okay. Twice a week? Yeah, twice a week. Um, and he was like, oh, this guy's only been training for, for like a few a second class or something. And I can't remember exactly. He hasn't been training for that long. And the, his technique looks really good. And they're doing rondori. It was fun. 
But the key thing that really pointed out to me, uh, that uh, shot out to me was they were wearing like black belts and Kokushikan judo gis and stuff. And he was like, oh, those are loners. <laughs> like they actually <laughs> let the beginners, yeah, they let the beginners wear the other people's judo gis. Okay. And belts. So, cause, um, cause Keiji was like, oh, this guy's a beginner. And then uh, Kawabuto was like, oh, but he's wearing a black belt. He's like, yeah, he borrowed it from someone. So <laughs> I, I, I always thought that was like a no, no, but apparently, would, yeah, I'll, apparently I'll be scared. it's okay. I'll be scared <laughs> to wear, wear someone else's black belt. Someone else, unless I know them, you know, like, cause it's kind of funny because Philippe does that sometimes. It's own, he has like an extra gi or we have yeah. loner gis and stuff, but Philippe would be like, oh, you don't have your black belt here. Where mine It's like, no, no, sensei, this is your black belt. Like I, I yeah, cannot that, wear that you're, You have a black belt. That's different. But this is like, oh, this guy only trained twice. Here's a black belt. You know, <laughs> like I wouldn't go. I was going to, as I was visiting a BJJ place, okay, and I wore a loner gi. I would not be wearing a BJJ loner belt, okay? A BJJ black yeah. belt loner belt. I don't know. It's just me. It's just my weirdness. But so it, I, I guess in this case, it was a small class, and then he uh, knows other other assistant instructors, so he knows everyone else is a beginner, so it's okay. I guess it's mm -hmm. like a safety kind of thing. Maybe I, I don't know what the reason was, but I I always thought it was no no to wear something that you didn't earn. But um, yeah, it, that was interesting. And uh, uh, the funny part is. He was in, um, consistently throwing the the, um, the other people, mm -hmm. and then KG was like, you know, it's about making judo. It's about making judo fun. It's not about like destroying them and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> he was like, okay, fun, make it fun, make it fun. He went on to like throw the shit out of them again. So um, <laughs> yeah, so I think that kind of goes back to our previous episode about how in the end it's really important to make judo fun. It doesn't always mm -hmm. have to be about. Um, Winning, losing, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Now, to most people hearing this, this might be kind of like um, this might be a weird thing to you, especially if you're from BJJ or something or another grappling system. Like, well, what's the big deal about them having an adult program in a, a an adult in judo Japan, program in Japan specifically? Well, here's the thing. Okay, if you do judo in Japan, you mostly started when you're probably in middle school or high school, and you continue through college and your adulthood. And what happens sometimes a lot of people that start judo when they're really, really young, kind of get out of judo when they come to adulthood because they have other things, and it just it's just because how do I say this? Judo is taken so seriously, and it's such a major thing that if you're not a going for the national team when you're an adult, pretty much, or like in law enforcement or do something like a hardcore hobby. It's hard to find a good gym. I know it's one thing that Sensei Masui talked yeah, about. Our, he, our sensei yeah. that moved back to Japan had trouble finding uh, adult recreational, yeah. moderately competitive recreational yeah. Um, club. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's very hard to find a place like that to train because either you train super recreational where it's like super easy, a bunch of old people hanging out, or it's middle-aged young people going hard at it all of the time, trying and to this kill was each in, other. He lives in Tokyo too. So yeah. imagine if you don't live in a big city and you're, you're, I mean, I, I knew people who went to Japan um, cause they, their spouse is Japanese and they were like going back to their hometown, like in Ayamori or something like that. And they, they're forced to train with the local high school students mm -hmm. or, or elementary school students. Yeah. So the, so it, yeah. And you kind of get a little, I heard also that you got kind of like weirded look that you like, you're in a, like you're in your thirties. I want to start judo now. What is wrong with you? Get out of here. It's like, yeah. And, and that, so, so they have a problem in Japan where they're losing people that want to learn grappling. Like they, they watch MMA or they watch something. They saw it. They, they just got interested in grappling. So they wanted to do it, but because of the culture and stuff where you should learn it when you're a kid, they're getting shunned away from judo. And that's why they're going to 
BJJ and catch and some Sambo clubs out there. And cause there it's like, Hey, you're an adult. You want to learn BJJ? No problem. Let's all learn. You know, so that's why they're kind of losing yeah. people from judo to that. But this adult program, this is really good. It's something that needs to get built more into to keep judo being popular for everyone. Remember judo for everyone. Yay. Yeah. Judo is people don't know, but judo is declining in Japan too. Like participation numbers, partly due to the, the birth rate, but um yeah, and if you go back and listen to our Japan trip episode where I talked about my me and Richard going to train in Japan, uh, we found a dojo in Yokohama um, that was really recreational for adults. There was a 67-year-old mother. like This guy was in his 40s and brought his mother to learn judo. Mm-hmm. So she was just learning how to fall and she was having a time of her life. He <laughs> took a 20-year break and from judo and came back and was going for his knee on. Um but those guys only meet once a month. Damn, once a month. <laughs> they only train once a month. Once a month. <laughs> well, it's because everyone's busy. You know the Japanese work culture. Everyone's busy, and then also the the school they're at that has a the spot is um only lets them use the space once a month. Or I, I don't know what what the 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 thing is, but yeah, it would be nice to have more uh places like that to train judo. Like now that no KG Suzuki has an academy out there, I I want to go. Like. I don't care. He's just like teaching beginners. I, I think that looks again, looks fun. Right. <laughs> so doesn't have to be that place that, uh, I, I had food poisoning, but it doesn't have to be that place that Moss, uh, Richard and Simon went to where it's like blood on the walls and everything. So <laughs> now that place sounds fun. All right. <laughs> <laughs> For you, that place sounds like I would get to use a lot of my, you know, my little, uh, not dirty, just some fun tricks that I like to do. Try some stuff out. <laughs> I would totally be doing my thing of like, eh, nande? And then look away and then be like, what's that? <laughs> Boom, hit him right there. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, go in, go in, go in, go in, shake their, try to shake their hand and throw them again. Ah, this damn American keeps cheating. <laughs> but yeah, this is really cool that he's adding this adult program. Japan needs more of that. And to us around the world, that seems normal. But in Japan, I bet you same thing in Korea and China is probably a weird thing to them because they train so hard when they're young that when you get older, it's like only the strong survive, you know? They take it super, super yeah, professional. I mean, even, even here, I think it's good to have a dedicated adults beginners program. So mm-hmm. uh, it's good. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. our program is great. And I'm, I'm totally not biased because I'm the one teaching it, but. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you put that. Our program is amazing. It's a fantastic, best program out there that I teach. <laughs> yep. And our intermediate terms and conditions apply. (laughs) (laughs) Our intermediate class on Saturdays mm, to die for. That one is (laughs) ah, it is le magnifique, as I say. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's a really good program. So, with that, about picking, was there another topic you want to get into before we talk about our main one? Was there anything else? No. Well, speaking of Japan, uh, before I forget. I thought it was really interesting when I watched uh, BB, 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 BBJ, BJJ, <laughs> B, BJJ clubs in Japan roll, rolling footage, Japan and Korea. Um, you, you know how earlier I talked about people rolling into me? Oh, I so, knew you were bringing the mat thing. You're bringing the, the mat, mat thing. Party. Yeah, it the was like, thing. it's really interesting <laughs> to have people on the side that would like hold up like a piece of puzzle mat to separate <laughs> you guys and more like mm-hmm. a piece of a uh, piece of like screen door. Like, 
<laughs> just, I'm like, that is so Japanese and so Korean that they do that there. <laughs> so polite. So polite. <laughs> See, that's what you should do at your BJJ club. Next time you go, just go out there with a big puzzle mat. Puzzle mat. <laughs> See, people get close to close. Like, oh, I'm right here. I'm just here to protect you. Because what, what do we do now? We just step in between people. That's what we do. Between. That's what we do in America. Yeah. Yeah. We just step in yeah. between. My legs are going to protect you. <laughs> oh, that's a little funny thing. But okay, so back to our what we were going to talk about our main topic, or at least final topic of the day, is Anthony brought up a good question. When is it right to change dojos, or how to choose when to leave your dojo if you need to? So Anthony, how did you come up with this question this week? Well, I think someone asked me that, and my first question was to the, the person that asked me was like, "How many dojos do you have near you?" Because <laughs> That's I mean, a good question. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> that's a, that's the truth is, right there. The full chart is: is there first? Is there a different dojo in the area? No. Okay, stay at your own dojo. <laughs> no, and go back. That's the end of the episode. How far <laughs> is the next dojo to you? Yeah. So that that too, right? So when yeah. when is it? Uh, it's gonna be kind of a repeat of what we talked about, but it's more in detail because we talk about this stuff all the time. But I, I, for example, I said I moved away from Texas where I lived because one, I wasn't willing to live Don't in Dallas wife. <laughs> I was like that. <laughs> I wasn't willing to live in Dallas or, um, uh, I guess that whole area. Basically I wasn't willing to live in those areas that had other judo clubs because there's nothing there. So, um, I, I just don't want to live there. And, and where I lived in Austin, there was only one, legit judo club and there was another one well now there's more there's another one up north again i don't want to live up there um and then there's one inside a jiu-jitsu club so it's not like a full-time judo program Mm -hmm. and there wasn't that many training partners and then there's like a i'll just straight up call it a mcdojo in the area there's this mcdojo in the area Mm -hmm. so i only had one club and i just feel like um I only had a couple of training partners that were my size. And at the time, the one guy that was my size that I'd really like to train with, he, he moved away um, to different, he's now back in Austin, but he moved away. And only other guy that was there was like the guy, my height and like 350 pounds. So I just feel like I wasn't getting good enough and fast enough. And they were, they were sharing a space with the community center and the community center would, regularly um forced them to cancel class because they rented out the uh, space yeah so it's terrible between that uh the hard mats lack of training partners and only classes were only twice a week i think or two or three times i think it was twice a week i was like i need to move somewhere else so um Before i wanted to know. move back to yeah i wanted to move back to la anyway so um i moved to la and there were so many dojos to choose from so i decided which one to choose from but so you have to look at the reality of whether you enjoy it as a hobby. Cause I mean, if I didn't care about getting better and just enjoyed training there, which I did, I enjoy the people there. Then I would have just stayed. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like having, it's like leaving your friends. Um, there's no reason to do that. But for me, I was like, I'm starting already at 27. Um, so I, I, I want to get better faster. I'm not, the most naturally gifted because I was looking at some of the people there. I'm like, damn, this guy is naturally gifted to uh, grapple. Like he got everything right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the same. So I, I need to 
have more training partners. So I'm glad I moved to LA and went to Hollywood and stuff. And I visited a few dojos and I ultimately decided in Hollywood, but um, yeah, I, I think you have to look at whether, why you were considering changing in the first place. Like if you feel like you're not um, growing as fast as you could anymore, then you might want to consider changing. But if you're a beginner, then I feel like most people kind of miss uh how do you say that mismeasure <laughs> miss int- miss um are misguided about what their actual level is um especially if you're like brute you're the biggest guy there you know and you're brute forcing your way through all the smaller smaller guys then mm-hmm. um that then that's obviously not a good reason to change i think yeah it's always a good thing well it all starts off with where and how you pick your dojo a lot of people are just like the easiest thing most people do is that they look for what's the closest dojo near them yep. and that's the place they go and then you go about okay well how many dojos do i have near me like i talked about when i go visit my family in uh in um modesto going there there was the junior college and this one aikido dojo that did judo program also now there's another now there's modesto judo now that i'd love to go train there sometime when i go visit my family again but i haven't had like a full weekend trip out there to visit them but even out there it's like you have two things you got the college or this aikido dojo and this one time when i went to aikido dojo a family came from sacramento they drove all the way from sacramento down there because that was the only judo dojo they looked at that they could look up and i was like even sacramento there wasn't nothing near you guys no nothing by you but most people are going to go to what's near them like we're lucky we live here in Southern California where there are tons of dojos. Like even with us, we're at Hollywood judo across the way. There's LACC that has a judo program mm-hmm. here in Koreatown. We have a big Korean dojo right there mm-hmm. in little Tokyo, which is just a uh, what five minute, ten ten minute, minute drive away, ten, five, 10 minute drive. There's yeah. a community center dojo right there. And then there's LA Tenry. If you go to the te- city next to us, go to Glendale, uh, Glendale. Oh, and, there's a uh, bunch of Armenian dojos there. Yeah. Armenian dojos there. So here in Southern California, you could like pick, which one you go on their websites, you see how their dojo looks, you see how they practice. You, if you um, can watch videos of them on Instagram or something, yeah. it's very good to pick which one you like the most. Okay. And once you pick a good dojo and if you feel that you're not getting what you want from the dojo, when you get to that point, you're like, well, I think I should leave. I want to go somewhere else. Well, if you can, that's great. Like we said, if there's in the vicinity of where you live that you can go somewhere else. Yeah. Okay maybe talk to your instructor first and tell them what you're looking for, what you're not getting before you go up, before you decide, Oh, I'm just going to leave. Cause I've seen people that have had good, um, uh, good results from leaving. I've seen people who had bad results from leaving. Like some people they've been at our dojo for a long time and they feel that they're not getting what they want. So they want to go somewhere else. And they find out that they can't do what they do at our dojo at this other dojo because they're more strict or they're mm-hmm. less strict or they're not getting what they want from there either. So I always think it's good to talk to your instructor first before you choose to leave. I think leaving should be like a last resort personally mm-hmm. if you choose the right dojo. Okay. Yeah. So I go, I, like I said, going back, you really have to look at your goals, right? Cause if the current dojo is a good cultural fit, then you're not going to enjoy training at a place that's not a good cultural fit. So mm-hmm. even though your judo might be getting better, but if you hate training with the people that you train with and you got to show up all the time and then you're just not going to enjoy it and you're going to quit eventually. And that's probably why most people quit after they're getting the black belt because they don't enjoy the training. Like, like going back to what I said, you got to make judo fun too. It's not just mm-hmm. all about <clears throat> smashing people because that's not sustainable at all. And 
any aspect, but any sport even. Um, so the cultural aspect, you have to look at it. So, and like you said, talk to your instructor. If your instructor's goals don't align the ones with align with yours, like for example, you go up to them and he's like, you're like, what? I don't feel like I'm getting better. Like, is there anything I could do? Like, and he's just like, just shut up and keep training kind of thing. Then <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe he's right. Like maybe he's like Travis Stevens, like shut up and keep training. And maybe he's right. But then his, um, his way of getting you to where you should be or where you want to be is different from what the way that you want to do it. Then your goals aren't aligned. And that's kind of like a good way of um, good, good indicator. You should probably change clubs. Um, but yeah, you should talk to your instructor. Um, if you're not getting, if not getting better is your concern and why you want to change clubs, then you should talk to your instructor first and really evaluate Am I not getting better because of my club or am I not getting better because I'm not doing something right? So you should try and fix, especially if the culture is a good fit, you should really try to exhaust all other options um, before switching. Um, Like changing how you train, training with different people, maybe stay in your own club across training different clubs if that's an option. Um, Mm -hmm. Because ultimately that's... uh, why I drive like a freaking hour to our club is because I like the culture there. And also there's more people my age and my size there. So it's better cultural fit versus the clubs down here. There's a few adults, my size. Um, most of them, I straight up had someone in from the different one dojo tell me there's no one your size here. Don't come here. <laughs> like they straight up said that I'm like, why would I, why would I go? I, I can still go if I want to, but it's like, why would I go to a place where they told me straight up they don't want yeah. me here? I had a right? funny situation happen to me one time when I was in my late twenties. I used to do this thing where I'd go to Taekwondo, karate, like striking clubs and stuff, and I'd do like their two month or the one week plan. I do like just for fun. I'll go train little dojos. And it's one time when I was spending a lot of time with my pops, so I was up at his house, and I went to this, this Taekwondo dojo that was near, like maybe a block or two away when it's Taekwondo dojo, and I paid for their two week program like they're two weeks like oh pay twenty dollars get two weeks and a free gi and stuff i swear i was there for maybe a week and a half not even a full week i think i was only there for one week of class and the instructor pulls me he's like uh yeah we're, we're more we're a family dojo here i think you do better at a kickboxing gym or something you, you go a little hard so yeah i uh yeah you, you can't train here no more and i was like what really this is stupid <laughs> But it was like, yeah, you're going to get that sometimes where they not they yeah. don't want you. They're not comfortable with you being there. And that has happened. That sucks because if that's the only place you can train at, then you got to find something or somewhere else. But you brought up a good point of how you, I wouldn't necessarily say cross train, but you also go travel to other gyms. Mm-hmm. You know, you train at other dojos. And before you leave your dojo, you might want to try that too. Like if you're having second thoughts, you're not feeling like you're getting what you want from your own dojo and stuff. And you're saying, I'm just going to quit and find another place. Well, before you quit, before you leave your dojo, maybe go take one class at another mm-hmm. gym or something near you. If there are other gyms near you, that's the whole thing. If there's other gyms near you. Yeah. And if you're, if you're sensei, you should tell first of all, you should tell your sensei you're doing that first. Right. And because we talked about this in the cross training, uh, visiting etiquette episode of you should tell your sensei and then you should tell the club you're visiting you're not changing clubs you're a visitor yeah, you're dropping that definitely but that you definitely it, should tell them that but yes. if your instructor has a problem with you doing that then you should probably that's like a v- really good sign of a cult basically <laughs> so 
Uh, they're or they're just really insecure about their own club. Like a lot of clubs out there don't want people cross training because they're afraid they might leave. Yeah, especially they if they're for for profit train uh for profit driven. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely tell your instructor if they tell you you shouldn't go there because some bullshit reason it's different. I'm like, you probably shouldn't go there because you, they're going to hurt you or something that's different. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because I've actually gotten someone tell me, tell me that some other club told them that about coming to us, that we're going to hurt, we'll hurt them. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, whatever. but that that's clearly because of insecurity. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, well, it's a good thing that you, when you go, Cause like I said, again, like there are, we know how popular judo is in some cities. Like I talk about back in the Bay growing up, there was like a handful of dojos. Now there's tons of dojos out there now in South Bay. I'm not sure about San Francisco that much, but South Bay, there's tons of dojos now. Oakland, there seems to be like more dojos popping up there as well. But like I said, when I go to my family in uh, Modesto and stuff, there was only two clubs for the most part. Like I said, and there's families coming down from Sacramento to come train. Another big thing that happens before you go before you go leaving a dojo is make sure they are a judo club. Cause like Anthony mm-hmm. said, there was one club that he went to that was a judo dojo quote unquote, but it was more a BJJ place. Mm-hmm. And I ran into that when I was visiting another cousin of mine in, a, in another city, central Valley, central coast also, where I found a, a gym that said they did judo on Saturdays. And I went there and they were just doing BJJ. And I asked the guy like, Oh, I, I thought there was a judo class today. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah. We work on throws today. I'm like, Oh, so where's the judo instructor? He's like, Oh no, no. I just teach judo throws. Well, you're not a judo instructor. No, no. I, I just teach judo throws. And I was like, I hope you can teach some good throws. I play my, I was doing my dumb act too. Like, I think I was a, I was already a brown belt. I think at the time, I don't think I was black belt yet. Man, I was a black belt. No, I think I was a brown belt at the time still. I was doing my dumb act like I do when I go my yeah. dojo trips and stuff. Oh, well, how do you do this? And like, I had my white belt with me and stuff. Like, I'm not being an asshole. I just wanted to see what happened. I had both belts in my bag. But since it was a BJJ guy saying taught judo, I was like, oh, I'll put my white belt on today. But yeah, he was doing judo-ish throws, but he was doing like the BJJ style of them. And if you guys do BJJ, you guys know what I'm talking about. Or you do yeah. judo, that cross train, you know what I mean. Not clean throws. But you got a place like that, it's like, if this is my other option, should I stay at my own dojo because it has real judo or should I go to this place that doesn't teach exact judo, you know, or teach any martial arts you want, whether it's BJJ, judo, sambo, catch, karate, kickboxing, you know, it's just a hard thing. Like you need to find another club and you can go try them out, but make sure they're a real club. So you don't get, um, what, what's the word you like to say, Anthony, you don't get bamboozled. Bamboozled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that, I guess that's the word for it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, if you don't have a dojo, uh, judo club nearby, an alternative judo club, then you might want to consider like wrestling, BJJ, catch, all that kind of stuff. Because as long I, like if it aligns to your goals of being a better grappler, then I think that that works. But um, yeah, so we're, we were talking about like determining, like evaluating your own skills, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether whether that's a good um you got to do that before you leave a dojo because you feel like you're not getting better because a lot of people feel like they're not getting better because of their environment, but it's really themselves. So that's one of the things, but if it's your environment, um, you want to also see like, because it's going to affect how you pick the new dojo. Like, mm-hmm. is it because of my training partners? Is it because of the way my instructor runs the class? Is it because of the availability, like the schedule of the classes? Like, Maybe I'm not doing so well during class because it's right after I worked like a 12 hour shift or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. 
Um, so the schedule, commute distance, and all that kind of stuff is important. But um, another thing you want to consider is um, safety, right? <laughs> no one ever talks about that. Like <laughs> Little blood and guts, gym. Yes. Yeah. If you if you saw something bad happen to dojo, and then like the instructors there were like mishandling it really bad, or they just mm-hmm. kind of wave it off when you bring when you see someone bring up some problems, then it's a good sign you should change clubs too <laughs> or if they never ever clean the mats or or anything oh, that's health then, right there yeah and <laughs> and people come in with their geese like smelly and they don't tell them to like like wash their geese and stuff then that's another sign that you probably should change clubs unless they're for some reason they're so good there and you think the quality of training there is worth risking your health then <laughs> you risk staff um, infection yeah. Risk infantigo, risk ringworm. Ugh. Yeah. So I, I think safety is one thing that a lot of people um, don't put in account because, because <laughs> I, for me, it's always like safety first. And that's one of the reasons I didn't go to one of these clubs is because I didn't feel safe there. And um, people always tell me to go to that club. And I'm just like, no, no, it's okay. Like, <laughs> no. I, I have work I, to get to. I hear about people getting hurt there all the time. I'm okay. I got a day job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's what you want, want it to be. So mm. is there um, anything you think we should, that people should also look out for before they switch? Cl- what, what's a sign that they should swap clubs? Like, well, to me, it's like, I don't know. would be a big sign for you. Swap. Like my thing is just, as long as you're not, the only time I've thought about leaving a dojo before, and this is a long time ago about stuff was I stopped having fun there. You know, I didn't enjoy the people no yeah. more. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling like I was getting anything out of it anymore. And the instructor that was there, I wasn't getting, I wasn't really getting along with him either anymore mm-hmm. after a while. And I think just cause like people change over time, you know, it's, it's just like relationship. If you don't communicate and you guys change, you don't talk about it. Someone's going to want to leave sooner or later. Yeah. And it was, it was actually the time when I was moving to LA and stuff anyway. So I was having to leave anyway. So it wasn't that bad. But it was the only time I've thought about leaving, leaving a dojo is just I wasn't having fun no more. And if you have a good relationship with your instructor, you should be able to talk to them and explain mm-hmm. to them what's going on. And maybe you can talk to them about it, like, why do you feel this way? Is it that you feel like you're not being, and it's not about like promotion. I know some people are about, oh, it's all about promotion. Well, some people it is, but for me, it was just about like having fun. And I talk about that in my class all the time. I like to keep it light. I like mm-hmm. to keep it fun. Because when you're too mean and too rough sometimes, which I can get sometimes, I know that, People stop being fun and people don't want to come anymore. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. I was going to say, yeah, that's a good point. Um, th- something related to that is some, especially during COVID, a lot of these dojos lost a lot of members. Um, mm-hmm. And when there's less people to train with, then it's kind of like a, what do you call it? A self-fulfilling prophecy or a snowball effect where there's less people to train with so you don't feel like going anymore than you stop going and someone else a chain effect kind of thing mm. so the question is do you stay and try to um just wait it out and hope things get better or do you stay and kind of volunteer and try and help the dojo grow by bringing your friends and like tell helping them market it or um or do you change clubs and that's something that people should really consider too and sometimes like another good sign that you should probably change clubs if your instructor just like checked out and i'm going to straight up say that's really common in in bjj i've seen it Mm. multiple times already where Mm -hmm. the instructor opens a club to get their black belt to open the club and then 
they start off a really good program. The dojo grow, the club grows to a certain size. Then they just like go train at a different club. They start running a different club, like to try to expand or they change, they pick up another job or they have kids or whatever. Like then they just hand the, the club to their students to start teaching. So at that point, like, do you stay? Like, I mean, obviously the question is whether the students are good at teaching themselves, right? Yeah. yeah. Then, but that's, again, as a beginner, how are you able to tell that? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, that's again, you need to be able to evaluate that. Well, that, well, that's one of those things where this happens in BJJ more than happens in judo and karate even, unless they're really mm-hmm. famous old school guys. Like, I came I came to this dojo, like, our Sarah dojo, okay? Mm-hmm. I've heard about how good Sensei Philippe is. I love training with Sensei Philippe. thought he's a great instructor. So I came to train with Philippe. And let's say Philippe checks out, like you said. He goes off to do another program somewhere else, or he goes on a long vacation. So it's like there's some people that be like, I want to train with him. I didn't come to train with Juan or Anthony or Eric or mm-hmm. whoever, Mustafa or someone who was running class at that time and stuff. I didn't come to train with them. I came to train with Philippe. So there are certain people that are like, I paid for this and I'm not getting that. So yeah. I may want to leave. And when, again, when that happens, I think you should talk to your instructor, whether it be like the assistant instructors or something, be like, hey, I really came to come and train with him. Well, we're all trained by him. We train similar to him. You know, yeah. or talk to that instructor like, hey, I came to train to work with you. It's just one thing that it's just this open communication. And if someone's unhappy and I can't make them happy, then I will tell them like, hey, maybe you should. I have I never luckily had to never tell anybody they should stop or stop coming. But I'm always open to talking. I think most good instructors should be open to talking. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of us don't want to hear criticism all the time. But if we don't hear it, we're going to just we don't want to be in an echo chamber like that. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. We want it. We, we get like, I tell Anthony something I think he can do in his class better. He tells me things I can do in my class mm-hmm. better and stuff. We have an open communication with our own instructors. So when a student's feeling like they're being hindered by like, they're not being promoted fast enough or they're not doing, uh, not learning the techniques they need to learn. I'll take that into consideration and be like, okay, well maybe I should start going over a little bit more green belt techniques for a while, or I need to go over a little more blue belt techniques yep. for a while, you know? Um, Cause I know like my class, I call it a, it's a back to basics class. And I teach you a foot sweep and an arm bar and to throw into this. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I teach, yeah. My thing is very basic class kind of stuff. Cause I want to get people ready for it, you know? And I know some people don't want to come to my, not they don't want, it. I'm saying my class is sometimes boring because of that. Cause I'm, my goal is to get you guys ready for Philippe's class and to learn the techniques. So if you were to say, instance Juan, I feel like leaving this dojo because I've been a orange belt for this long and I don't feel like coming here anymore. Like, well, why are you being an orange belt for so long? Is it because of your attendance? Is you need to talk to me about like, Hey, can we work something out or something? Mm-hmm. Do you feel that I'm not promoting you fast enough? Like let's figure out why do you feel that like you're not getting enough Rondori in? You're not getting enough hard workout in. Well, then let's add you to Philippe's class in or something. Yeah. If you just feel like I don't like the people here no more, there's nothing I can do about that. And that's when I start understanding. Cause I went to do the same mm-hmm. thing. Well, if you're not having fun here no more, you're not enjoying the place, you don't like the people here or the culture that Anthony keeps bringing up, then maybe it is time to change. But I want you to have a good decision. When you do change, go try out some of their dojos. And I'm open enough to be like, yeah, go try out uh, Kenham, go try out yeah. Golds, go try out uh, uh, Valley or something, or go try out a South Bay and see if they're a better fit for you. Their drives, especially living downtown, yeah. <laughs> but they may be better. Fit I mean, for I you. drive, I make the drive, but. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying, but um, I think if it, if the instructor checks out, it, it's the instructor's 
responsibility to make sure whoever's running the class in their stead mm-hmm. keeps the quality of instruction high. Like, um, and like, for example, my, my BJJ club, like he has other people run his class now, but he comes in when for once in a while now to, to make sure that he likes what he, he sees or teaching. Mm-hmm. And, um, Philippe does that too for our classes. He sits in and watches us teach. So he makes sure he makes sure it's okay. Like there's like it's not just like he he leaves to a different state and comes back every once in a while to do a seminar and and it's like where's my money kind of thing, <laughs> right? So <laughs> with my money, put in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go back to Vegas and lost like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so promotion it's, time. Yeah. What? <laughs> so you gotta make sure that's not um, the case and also in terms of promotion, like some BJJ clubs, it's like only the head instructor can do promotions. It's like, well, you got to make sure there's a pipeline, there's a standard for promotion that the other instructors are able to give do promotions for. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, for some people it's like, well, like you said, I paid money to train under this guy, not this other guy. And it's really, the name is really important to some people, then that's mm-hmm. already not aligned to your goals. Yeah. So, but if you're still getting better, then I think there's no problem. Um, speak. So now that we're speaking of like the name, like I think some people would uh, like the culture, but once they get into a like they've done judo for a few years, they're like, I don't know if I want to get a black belt under this person. I I know we <laughs> always talked about Philippe, especially Philippe says like lineage, lineage and judo is not a thing, not really a yeah. thing, because yeah. it's like I'm a black belt USA, I'm a USA judo black belt. I'm not yes. like a Elite black belt or something, but yeah. for me personally, I think it matters. Uh, at least personally, I don't care about other people. Like if you tell me I got from this guy, I'm not going to like look down on you. I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. like a black belt is a black belt. But for me personally, intrinsically, the value to me mm-hmm. of I got, I already talked about this in the past episode. Like it represents my judo. Like I got it from this person. It's like it's like getting a gift from a friend where even though like you earn is not really a gift, but it's like getting a gift from a friend who you get it from actually matters. I think it, it represents the, the friendship. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, I would mind like if I hate the instructor's guts, like why would I stay to get the black belt? And you, you're laughing, but I actually talked to a few people where they're like, man, I hate training at club. I'm just going to get my black belt and then leave. See, but, I don't like, get that. I don't I, get that. I, I, know the thing, I know that happens in the Jits. I know that happens in BJJ and stuff sometimes. No, it's okay? this. Is ju- I'm talking about judo. Even in judo. judo. See, that, that yeah. stuff's even weirder to me. Like, I don't understand why you'd stay with a dojo gym if you hate the instructor's guts, if you don't like the way they do stuff. Like, when I was picking a dojo in LA, there's a couple of dojos I, f- I went to, one of the ones that was closer to me and stuff at the mm-hmm. time. I did not like the way they were training these teenagers there. And that's why I decided not to go. You know, I, I could not, even though it's like, even it was a better name or something. And even with that thing, the lineage in judo, yeah, most of us, it's not a big deal. It's like, oh, my USA judo black belt, my USJF uh, black belt, whatever. There is certain things you say, oh, I'm a black belt from this dojo here. You're like, oh, okay, that's a pretty legit black yeah. belt. But they say, oh, yeah, I got my bl- my dojo, my black belt at a, uh, a yippity zippity doodah do- academy, <laughs> jujitsu, uh, judo academy. A tiger like, trollman's. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like, oh, Oh, you're you're a yeah. brown belt. There you're, is you're there, a decent there, brown belt. <laughs> there's a specific. There definitely is like certain people where you can see a trend. It's like oh, their black belts yeah. are like this. Yeah. But for the most part, it's not a thing in judo. But um, like I said, 
there's no trend to our, our dojo, obviously, because um, like we're not super famous or or anything, so we're not like bad or good. We, like it's there's not a thing basically. But I again, for me, there's a value of getting it under Philippe, like because mm-hmm. I really learn most of my stuff from him and I really like the way he teaches. And I, even if he never, let's just say, even if he never taught me anything mm-hmm. per se, I just showed up to his classes and he just like watched. Um, I'm still, I still came up to black belt under his, his environment that he fostered, that he built. So mm-hmm. to me, that's like why I would, wouldn't like, want to get my black belt under anyone else um versus to some people it's just like i think i deserve a black belt so i'm not getting here so i'm gonna go somewhere else that gives me a black belt as long as it's a black belt so that's another sign we're not going to talk about it since we talked about it before but that's another yeah that's another reason that you would change it's just you'd feel like not being evaluated correctly or trained correctly then you would just go somewhere else to get your 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 belt Mm -hmm. um because your goal is to get a black belt um and that to be fair that is fair right because if you are your goal is like i'm already i'm already uh really old i want to be able to get to fifth dawn before i'm like 50 or something then the, the time <laughs> when you get your black belt is uh-huh. matters right when you get because of the timing grade as the higher you go mm-hmm. so when you get your shoulder on matters and obviously you probably if that is your goal you probably want to go to a dojo that gives you your shoulder as fast as possible so you have the faster longer timing grade and um, that's something else to consider. But like I said, back to that story, like I met a couple, it's only two people that I've met that said that, um, mm-hmm. like I hate training at that place, that dojo, that instructor, whatever, but two is for me pretty high. Like it's only anecdotal, right? But to me, that's like a lot of people mm-hmm. that I'm, I, I never knew people thought like that. It's like, why are you staying with that person? But they're like, I've already been there for so long they already have a sunk cost fallacy, you know, like if I go somewhere else, they're going to be like, I going to have to like stay longer and they're going to see how my judo is and make sure I'm not just going to leave after they give me a black belt and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Versus you already have this relationship established. People have this thing where they are afraid to leave because of what they're going to leave behind. Mm-hmm. And maybe you go to a different club and at that new club, you're like a small fish in a bigger pond. Right. Yeah. Yeah. then you're going to feel like you're not going to get your black belt as fast at that point. I've seen that happen. I've seen that yeah. happen with certain people. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to so, happen when people come to our dojo. I've seen that people with certain people from our dojo to go to their dojos that they think that they're going to do that. But I think it comes down to like, I, I kind of feel like we're, we're kind of like shunning people from leaving their dojos, but I think it really does come down to communicating with your instructor. And mm-hmm. when you I feel see, that, I mean, this is assuming your instructor would, talk to you in good faith. That's the right? whole, yeah. That's the yeah. thing. Like that's where it goes back to one of my main things that if I don't feel comfortable somewhere anymore, I'm not happy there no more. I'm not having a good time. I want to go home. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, if I'm not in, enjoying my time there, then yeah. Why am I staying here? I know this, the whole thing of, cause this happens in karate and Taekwondo when you're not part of affiliation and stuff. And that's why I always tell you when you get your brown belt, get your certification done. That way, mm-hmm. wherever you go, you're a brown belt. Well, I know it's a big problem with BJJ is that, you know, I'm a, B, I'm a blue belt here at this dojo, but if I go to this other place, they're going to say I'm a white belt again, or they'd be like, oh, you're only a one stripe here. We're in judo since we're such a federation based martial art. Once I get my brown belt and stuff, at least brown belt, get my third Q, you know, I'm third Q. Wherever I go, I'm third Q at least. Okay. 
but yeah, there might be that time of like, okay, we want to see what he can do, how he is. We know he left this dojo. Is he going to leave us as soon as possible? But I think it's like a, a kind of a, I'm gonna say like a leap of faith, but you got to have like trust in certain people, you know? Yep. And we've had people kind of do that to us at, the, at our own dojo. We've had some very good players come that we'd be like, oh, they're really good. You know, we, we can't just keep them as a brown belt for three years yeah. just because we don't know them. And Felipe's been like, no, no, we're going to test them for his black belt in one year or nine months because he's that good already. He deserves it. That's one of the awesome things about Philippe. He sees talent and he admits yeah. talent, you know? He's not he's not one of these guys like, oh, well, you just joined us. Mm, I'm going to make you wait three years or something. Yeah. Where other dojos, I can totally see that, you know? Yeah. And I could actually see that because I had that when I was when I was a teenager, a friend of mine, I lived in, the, like, I was living in the Bay and stuff. One of my friends left our dojo, left our Tonksado dojo. Their family moved, I think, the Central Coast or something. I'm not sure where they moved to exactly. But luckily, they found another Taekwondo dojo that was going to accept his red belt, you know? And yeah. like, that's really cool they did because most dojos would be like, no, you have to restart in our system. Or at least make you restart at, yeah. at least like an orange or a green belt before giving red belt. So it, that's one of the things that I understand that being scared about that. I totally get that. I fully understand that. Part yeah. Really. The, another thing you have to consider is if you're going to a more competitive club and their standards are based off of competition, there's a mm -hmm. chance that you would never get your black belt. It's like a real thing. Like mm -hmm. I've heard it from certain instructors where they're like, yeah, that guy, he's not, he's most likely going to stay a brown belt forever. Mm -hmm. So that's something you'd have to um, put in account. Maybe not forever, but like long ass time. Like maybe you're not going to get your black belt for a time. Versus if you go to like a more kata oriented recreational uh, dojo, then they might give you just give it just for time and grade instead of um, uh, based off of competition results or performance or technical knowledge. Like. They might give it to you based off of that, but you gotta be ready to like accept, like back to what I said, like you're like you got your dojo via this path, and don't like delude yourself that oh I'm the same black belt as these guys that came up from like beating everyone in tournaments. Blood and guts so, dojo. Yeah. If I if I get my black belt at Kato dojo, it is worth the same as blood and guts dojo. I'm well, sorry I mean, to in, say in a, no. <laughs> on, pa on paper, it's the same, right? But yeah, yeah. On the mat, we have to defend that black belt. It is not the same. And that's kind of another thing people always think of, that people forget about, you know? Because I've seen that happen. Like I said, I've seen that happen before where people will leave a dojo to get a black belt from somewhere else or something or get a brown belt from somewhere else. It's like, you remember, you have to defend that black belt when you wear that somewhere else. All right. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to vent because I, did I mention especially. It? Well, here's one thing, especially like it's one thing if you're in the local area, kind of people know each other a little bit. We know certain dojos, yeah. you know, certain players. But when you go on vacation, oh, you better hope that there's not a killer there. Be like, oh, they just see they see that brown belt on you. They see yeah. blood red. They see that black belt on you. They see like, oh, I got to beat that guy, you know? Yeah. The, I'm going to vent about that one person we're thinking of. Um, I was, I'm actually thinking about three different people because I've been in yeah. a game a lot longer uh, than you. Okay. There's one that we both think yeah. of, but there's yeah. a few others. I got a handful of homies. So right? I, I don't care that that happened, but he lost. He Let's just say he, he was a brown belt for what? Three months before he got Maybe his black six belt? The most. Maybe, Maybe six, six months. Yeah. So he had his brown belt and then he was unhappy that he thinks he, he, thinks he deserves a black belt and he should like skip rank or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he left to somewhere to go get his... Uh, black belt from someone actually reputable um yeah so let's leave it at that but he went to a tournament and he lost to a white belt 
that was uh, the trains BJJ and one of our guys, he lost to one of our guys. Mm-hmm. So it was a three, three man bracket and he lo- he was last basically. Yeah. And then I go on freaking Facebook and I, I get records suggested this uh, BJJ fanatics group uh, post where it's like, this guy's like, Oh, I'm a white belt. And I just went to my first judo tournament and I beat the black belt. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. I was so tempted to be like, I know this guy. He's not a black. I don't want to say he's not a black mm. belt, but the, explain the circumstance. And but I was like, you know, what? it's not worth it. So I didn't. Mm. I didn't say anything. But I, it really bugged me seeing that. And everyone's like, and in the comments, like, oh, this is why judo tournaments are a joke. This is yeah. why judo black belts are are easy to get. And like, yeah, it, it was just yeah. I'll, whatever. I'll just <laughs> leave it. But it really bugged me. Yeah, but actually, I remember because you sent me that Reddit thread, and there was another. I don't know if he's a geo guy or BJ guy with a Facebook, whatever. Yeah, sent me the thing, and there was a guy out there that kind of called him out on it, being like, "Well, I looked on the, I looked on the thing, and the guy that you beat didn't have any um, affiliation or nothing with his black belt, so I really don't believe he's a black belt. And the guy that beat you looks like he's legit. So even in the thread, someone called him out on it, and then he got. I'm gonna go back and look if that's the case, but um. But that was kind of a funny thing, but yeah, it is what it is. But yeah. So if you really feel like you need to leave your dojo, you're not happy. I would say a talk to your instructor, B maybe visit and go try out some other dojos Mm -hmm. and see, figure out and evaluate what you want. What is it you're looking for? And if you can't get it at your current dojo, maybe you do have to uh, join another club. And if you're in a place that's very rural and doesn't have enough judo dojos or even a big city, some that don't have a lot of judo dojos, I hate to say it, but maybe you should go do the jits or find a wrestling yeah. club or a sambo club. Or just suck it up and stay there. Like that's <laughs> what yeah, no, honestly, that, that that's what some people have to do. Like they, they do. They they have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So Anthony, is there anything else you want to talk about people leaving their dojos or trying to figure out when to leave? Yeah, I mean one thing we didn't cover um mm-hmm. was if it's money is the issue. Ah, um, like some other places uh cheaper. Then mm-hmm. maybe try, again talk to your instructor. Maybe you can work something out. Tell them like I, I can't afford it. Like I can only afford this much. Or offer to clean the mats, clean the club before we, like show up early and clean clean up the place, kind of thing. Like work something out. Like don't just like disappear. We've seen people do that before, and mm-hmm. not for monetary reasons because obviously um, we're pretty damn cheap already. But um, no, we even though and this is for might be surprised some people out there. Our auto pay, because I was explaining to someone online the other day, our auto pay is $50 a month, okay? Yeah. If you want to go month to month, we're $60 a month. We're still one of the cheapest dates in town. Our mat fee is only $10, and that's a drop-in fee. So that means you're a visitor, or this is one thing that um, when I one time, when I was first moved to LA and I was kind of strapped for cash, because I was um, just getting my feet, just trying to mm-hmm. get things together and stuff when I first moved to LA, I like training at Hollywood. And if Sensei Gary told me like, Juan, you know, we haven't been here in a while. Are you, is everything okay? And I told him, well, Sensei, I'm not working a whole lot right now. Bills are piling up, so I can't really come that often. And he said, well, since you can only come like maybe once a month or I mean, not once a month, like once a week at least, how about we do a mat fee that uh, you do the mat fee of $10. That way you can at least come once every other week or something. And I think he even cut it down to like maybe a $5 mat fee for yeah. you because he wanted me to come. And most instructors, I think, will be understanding if you having financial troubles and stuff, talk to them and they will help you out with doing a mat fee instead or do what Anthony said about like cleaning up the dojo, staying and doing stuff. But if they do do that for you, you have yeah. to do it. 
Okay. Yep. You have to help out. You can't be these people that say they're going to help out at the dojo and then never show up because you don't feel like training. Yep. Okay. Can't get free judo and not pay. Yeah. On, on the other side of things, I, one of my friends actually had, did run into some money issues and mm -hmm. um, they went to tell their BJJ, there was a BJJ club and it was an expensive BJJ club. I, I asked how much it, was, it would cost. It was like $250 a month or something like that. Man. Uh, they do offer, they do offer like a lot of classes, like morning, afternoon, six days a week kind of thing. But um, when when they told the owner like i can't i can't afford them running some money issues like okay i understand see you soon like i was just like god damn like see i got enough students i don't need you get out of here yeah so that's that's for me i'm like damn that's cold <laughs> like damn straight that's I, cold and and they went back eventually because they liked the culture there so mm -hmm. but for me if that if that happened to me they weren't even willing to like offer something i would be like okay i'm gonna find a different place you know because mm -hmm. that's very like you can tell the the um, relationship there is very surface and monetary based so mm -hmm. <laughs> surface level and monetary based um but for those of you who are thinking of switching clubs because there's just like a couple of people you don't like training with just stop going with them you, and if your sensei says like you have to go with them they just say no and then they force it then leave so that's that's another that's another thing that it's pretty common i think that's been asked like people are afraid to show up to class because they hate going as one one or two people and this is one thing i, I really liked about uh i'm, I'm not going to name who but one of the members in our club is straight up be like no you go too hard i just <laughs> literally told told the person like no you go way too hard um i'm not going to go with you so um yeah, that's something that's totally, totally in a healthy uh, dojo environment should be allowed. So, yeah. All right. So now is that everything? Yeah, I think we covered everything. Basically, right. we already said it. Make sure, talk to your instructor about it. Uh, mm -hmm. Evaluate, get a proper eval. Make sure you're not like lying to yourself about your progress, basically. Especially if you're a beginner, I would just write it out a little more. Uh, unless you really hate training there, then yeah, switch clubs. But if you're you're thinking I'm just not getting better or I'm better than everyone else, then talk to your instructor. Most they're most likely going to tell you you're wrong anyway, and then maybe they'll <laughs> tell people to go harder on you. So, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, a lack of training partners is another good reason to we already covered that to to swap mm -hmm. unhealthy, unsafe, uh, dangerous environments are good good reason to change uh monetary monetary like some places cheaper schedule wise commute wise or better that's a good reason to change but otherwise it's like you don't have to stay like loyalty is like a weird thing like i don't think you really have to stay loyal. It, and if people get pissed off at you for changing clubs then they're they weren't worth it in the first place anyway so <laughs> now we have all the one leaves our dojo now no, like oh, where I mean, did we I, go? <laughs> I mean, I only like I only considered leaving when I was in Texas, and also when I moved, bought a house here. I was like, damn, that's a far drive. Like, <laughs> hey, no one told you to move an hour <laughs> away. Okay, I told you to stay in Hollywood. My, right? my my wife wanted to, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does she want? What does she? Yeah, so <laughs> but I I just really liked it there, so I decided to do the commute. But I mean, oh, who knows if if some place up he, out here like. Is I swear, like just if as you good. leave, 
If you leave, I will kidnap you. Okay. I will come to that dojo. Like I'm coming for my sign. I will drag you out. I mean, honest, honestly, if a place just as good as opens right by my house, like let's say a clone of Hollywood judo, like <laughs> instead of Philippe is like sensei Felipe. Well, I guess it's just Felipe. <laughs> it is Felipe. Sen- sensei Philip. Let's see. Sensei <laughs> Philip opens a, a Hollywood dojo. Holy- <laughs> Hollywood dojo in, in Torrance here. Um, and I have a another one, <laughs> another <laughs> one, train, yeah, a John, and then uh, um, what, what uh, um, Mateus. Well, there's we have a lot of Mateus and Matthew, so, <laughs> but um, yeah, let's say there's a clone here. I'd probably just split my time, honestly, because I enjoy training at both places. That's honestly what I would do, but that's obviously not going to happen, given how American Dojo is, like, yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So with that, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is at Tatami Talk. You can follow us at on Instagram at Tatami Talk. You can follow me on Instagram at Dudger underscore Juan. You follow Anthony Anthony Throws on Instagram. If you have any questions, things you want us to talk about, things you want to ask us about, Anthony will read those emails at Tatami at Tatami Talk at gmail.com. All right. So that's the YouTube channel, the Instagram, the email. Am I forgetting anything oh, else? Oh, yeah. There's one more thing. I started uploading some shorts. Um, oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> man, the first one I uploaded, I instantly got like 500 views in like two minutes. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, so this is why people do say to do shorts to increase your <laughs> outreach. But um, then I got some. But then the, the quality of the comments were pretty low, honestly. I had to del- I had to delete some actually. Um, oh no. Yeah. So one guy was like saying something dumb, and I'm like, yeah. If you watch the whole clip, that's exactly what we said. Like, but um, <laughs> yeah. I, I use uh Beverly's uh self defense episode because I really liked a lot of the key points she said there. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you have any other suggestions of what you want to clip to like favorite parts you guys like, let me know. Cause it takes a lot of time for me to do all the episodes. <laughs> but the annoying, the annoying thing is the easiest way to make those shorts is through my cell phone and not on the computer. So cutting and clipping it is really freaking annoying. I wish they offered the, that, um, option on the desktop. Cause otherwise I'd have to open the Adobe premiere and cut up the freaking clips myself and then upload it which is less, which is easier on the phone for me to just look at the previous episodes and be like, Oh, I like this, like this clip. Let me clip it and then share mm-hmm. it. But you should, you should be able to do it too, Juan, if you log in through that through I, the phone. So I know I can, I know I can. And I thought about it too. There's been some stuff I thought about talking about. And the one that you put up there, I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised. I don't have more jujitsu people uh, threatening to kill me with some of the things you make, yeah. some of the things you <laughs> isolate me saying, I'm like, man, this guy's trying to get me no, people, killed here. It, it's very true though. And on, <laughs> and I, I honestly put it up because it's been, um, so we were talking about turtle basically, right? You, mm-hmm. The clip was, we're, no Kesukitame. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll talk about it next time. We're already ending the episode. Yeah. <laughs> right, we'll talk right. about the shorts next time. All right. Till next time. All right. <laughs> Till next yep. time. In two weeks, we'll see what's happening in the judo world. We'll see what's happening around the world of all grappling. And we'll talk about that. All right. Yep. Oh, and one more thing. If you watched UFC last night, it would be a week ago already. Daniel Cormier does not believe a Koshiguruma works, even though it works a bunch. <laughs> they're, they're work I'm, I'm going to have to watch the clip for that. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Don't forget to. Slap the mat and watch our shorts. Yep.